I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12. Pac-12 EMOS. We're going to be talking about that today. And the best business phone service as chosen by U.S. World News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 country. EMOS, stay connected with customers, coworkers, and more using one easy-to-use app. Use Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit Nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12-PAC to get started. For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta rank college football statistical model and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice. With William Hills, Max Meyer, this is Brian Congard. Holy Moses, we have a show today for you, a total conference realignment. We have Texas and Oklahoma deciding to pick up their bags and move on over east or south or southeast and possibly join the SEC conference. And the ramifications for that are huge. And normally, and I'm always joined, as always, by Rob Bowron. What's going on, Rob? Oh, no, I'm, uh, I've been following this. Um, yeah, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot into this. Like, uh, there's a lot, like, if you're, um, and we'll, we'll definitely get into it here, but it's, it's a lot more complicated than I think some of the stuff you'll see on Twitter. Yeah, I think one of the things, too, is over the last year and a half on 12-Pack Radio, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff, um, follow us on Twitter at 12-Pack Radio and Sharp College Football, we on this show decided not to get as much into the TV deals and stuff. Now, we've been following all this stuff, but we just made a point of focusing more on the football and the, the advanced stats and some of the gambling stuff because I just found some of the coverage of Larry Scott and the TV deals just to be really exhausting and kind of boring. <laughs> if they made some people really like it, and I get if you like it, but we just kind of decided, all right, let's focus more on the games. But we have been following what's been going on because stuff like this happens where um, we're going to have a whole nother round, likely, of conference realignment. Or if we don't, it's going to be the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the Big 10 kind of trying to make sure that they gain as much power as possible with the power move that just happened out of the SEC. Um, Rob, let's let's just start with you, man. Your you want to give a breakdown of what happened and the ramifications from it, and then we can go. There's a lot of different directions to go here, but I think it uh, makes for fascinating <laughs> coverage and fascinating reading. Yeah, I mean it's so. I mean it's. Uh, I mean it's pretty much a fact at this point. I mean Texas and Oklahoma today notified the Big Twelve that they would not be renewing their grant of rights for the next TV deal. Um, and grant of rights is basically what it sounds like. You are granting people your TV rights. <clears throat> and one of the important things too in the Big Twelve 
is that they have a locked they have a locked in grant of rights. So through the remainder of the deal, which in this case I believe is only two years, or maybe it's three years for the Big Twelve, you know, the 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 conference itself owns Texas's rights. So there will likely be, you know, there is a possibility that the Big Twelve conference is able to force Texas and Oklahoma to play out the string and, and play the next couple of years within the Big Twelve conference. But there's also probably a financial financial solution that allows Texas and Oklahoma out. Um, this is very much a case of the rich getting richer in college football. Right now, the Big Ten sits atop, you know, the 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 conference payouts, currently around 57 million, I believe. Um, the SEC is number two, but the SEC has a new massive deal with ESPN coming down the pipe. You know, something to keep an eye on there is that CBS had, and, and they had signed a long-term deal with the SEC that eventually became quite undervalued um, from the SEC perspective. A great deal for CBS. But ESPN just paid a massive amount of money to the SEC to get those that former CBS spot of that SEC game of the week. Um, this is in addition to the already existing content that the SEC has with ESPN, um, and of course, if you're a Pac-12 fan, the Pac-12 is a major partner <laughs> with ESPN on its own Tier 1 and Tier 2 uh, TV rights. So now the SEC is going to go back in and be able to renegotiate um, that deal with ESPN, now with Texas and Oklahoma, two of the, the largest brands in all of college football. Um, you know, the Big 12 had, had held together really, you could argue, and, and been a major conference so long as Texas and Oklahoma remained in it. Um, you know, the, the the remainder of the conference, of course, is, is less attractive, you know, and so what happens with the Big 12, I think, I mean, it's something we, should, we can jump in and get to, but I think if you're just going to look at it from the SEC side, this is very much the rich getting richer. The SEC is going to go to 16 teams, likely go into some sort of pod system um, as opposed to two, you know, eight-team divisions, and this is, goes hand in glove with the expansion of the college football playoff, um, because now the SEC, of course, will be looking to get more than one team into the playoff regularly. Um, it is the, the the recent projection that I just saw today, the USA Today did, on the expectation that of what the SEC is likely to make in its first year with Oklahoma and Texas uh, per school is. $81 million, 81 and a quarter million dollars per year distributed by the SEC to its member schools. And that, like I said, like the Big Ten right now sits at about $57 million per year, and they're the biggest currently. Um, now, the Big Ten itself is coming in for a new TV deal in 2023. The Pac-12 is coming up for a new TV deal on what was also an undervalued TV deal. Uh, Larry Scott and the conference commissioners signed a 10-year deal expecting that um, there would not be a significant rise in the value of sports, live sports. They were wrong. <laughs> they're the equivalent of like the Goldbug conservatives, you know, in like the 2011s. They're like, ah! no, I mean, they took up front money, yeah. <laughs> um, but so the Pac-12 deal, it, it, you know, has been undervalued. You know, they're expecting, I mean, the Pac-12 itself is also expecting a revenue bump. The Big Ten's expecting another revenue bump. Um, you know, when their new deal is negotiated. Um, but, you know, I mean, it does feel, you know, with, and we can get into the ACC in a second, along with the Big 12. It does sort of feel all of a sudden like, 
you know, the next move might be the big tens, that kind of thing. But I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of this? You know, I mean, what is effectively almost a super conference, right? With, you know, Texas and Oklahoma to Oklahoma, certainly regular. I mean, they've really run the big 12 while Texas has been mired in some less than optimal performance, but Texas is a huge revenue generator, you know, moving off to, to play in the, the SEC. I think a couple things come to, to mind first and foremost would be, I, I find this, this is just a balls out power move. And yeah. I look at it the way, you know, I've done politics for a long time. And when uh, the other side does something that is really smart and really brazen, uh, I just have to tip my hat and go, yep, <laughs> like I don't like it. And I um, and we're going to have to live with the consequences. But by golly, that was the right thing to do if I were in your spot. And that's what the SEC just did. I mean, they uh, are going to be able, like you mentioned, to renegotiate their contract. And one of the things that I thought was quite interesting, and this was something that I had heard from a couple people, was that the talking points on SEC Network the day that this news dropped was, here is how this might work if, you know, if Texas and Oklahoma, here, here is a hypothetical version of these pods that we probably had in our drawer the last four months. Uh, I mean, I just think that, for I think it's actually for worse the fact that you have the television networks just really dictating everything now um, conference realignment and rivalries and that part sucks because I do yeah. think that the, the college football landscape that we're going to see that we're looking at this year is not going to be the same in the coming years and it seems like more and more the the power and the focus and the sport itself is shifting more towards Atlanta and less towards like Columbus or Los Angeles. And that's a bummer, particularly if we're on the West coast. So I just found that to be kind of frustrating. But again, if you're the sec, I mean, think of what this sets you up to be right. So now you have the most money for all of your sports. You have control over ESPN schedule, or, or ESPN has control over your schedule, but it's going to feature your schools. And right. it just moves the power dynamic so far away from a number of the conferences that it's just going to force a lot of other conferences, including the Pac-12, and we'll get into how how they're going to try to approach this or what we think they're going to do to compete. And I think it's going to make it worse over time. But Again, I appreciate uh, them just putting their, you know, you know what on the table and just saying we're going to do this. The other thing that I thought was quite fascinating and humorous was the fact that they did this behind Texas A&M's back. (laughs) And then, right, so Texas A&M, their whole thing was, all right, we're out of this Big 12 thing. We're going to the SEC. This is our thing. We do the SEC. You all can do whatever you want. And then all of a sudden, you know, that comes to an end behind their back. And I'm sure that it was Texas A&M. In fact, it it basically seems like it was Texas A&M that leaked this news to the media the day of SEC media days. And that is beautiful. It's like the chef's kiss. You know, like I thought that was wonderful because I'd be real pissed too. And they're going to make a lot of, I mean, the other thing is the SEC needs to approve this, but I mean, a and going to vote no. I think they need three more votes. And I think there's just going to be so much money available to everybody that this is going to go through. And yeah. now it's really a question of how do the other conferences uh, react? Because I, th- I think there's two things that I've seen from folks that aren't following this as close, Rob, and maybe there's more. But I think the two big things are the first of all, that that um, there, there can be an assumption that nothing's going to happen. 
that the SEC just made this move. Wow, that's amazing. That conference is going to be awesome. Everything else is going to be normal again. And I don't think that's the case. And then the second thing that I've seen is, uh, and, and there was one, it was interesting. It was on um, a website that I, I think is fine. They do pretty decent work, but there was a, an article about like, oh, hey, here's how conference realignment could impact the Pac-12. And it's like, they can get BYU, they could get San Diego State. And it's, <laughs> it, it's really that that's not what's going to happen. And no. so let's, let's go one by one, I guess, through what is the biggest impact on the Pac-12 that happens from this decision like let's kind of take it from if you're the pac-12 why is this an oh my goodness moment and and what are the ramifications from it happening i mean you're so i do want to start out with like with the pac-12 undervalued tv deal the pac-12 is likely in line for a significant raise in what's going out per school from the league office now it still hurts that the pac-12 networks essentially generate no revenue um, I think the Pac-12 could be a lot closer to the Big Ten type revenue that you might see the Big oh, the Big Ten's own projections at. If you did, ha- I mean, I'm not going to say they're right going to be in the same neighborhood. You might still be $10 million shy of what the Big Ten's bringing in every year, but not terribly, terribly far off in a lot of ways. You know, but the conference network, you're off to you're you're likely still not seeing any additional revenue for it. So the Pac-12 is in a spot, right? I mean, like, and one of the things that like you were talking about, a lot of people are running around and saying, like, "Oh, the Pac-12 has to go on offense. You have to respond to this." Or they're saying, "This is an opportunity," because truly, like, the teams in the Big 12, they are that are remaining there. They are a little bit like <laughs> they're a little bit like if you, somebody made this analogy, and it was pretty apt. It's like they're in a mall and you lost your anchor stores, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and so like. They would happily move to another mall that had anchor stores there, right? You know, and so like you could look at it and say like, oh, there's there's opportunity, there's some value in these schools for the conference, and I'm I'm not so sure that's the case. I mean, I I got to be frank, like I'm not so sure that's the case. Most of the schools and the Big Twelve after Oklahoma and Texas do not have significantly large budgets, um, athletic budgets. There's also, and, and we should talk about this because this is important. It's it's very important for the Big Ten. It's important for the Pac-12. The Association of American Universities membership has traditionally been very important for both conferences. So the last time the Pac-12, the last two times the Pac-12 expanded, it brought in Arizona, an, an AAU member, and ASU, a Carnegie R1, Research One rated school. The, the last time they expanded with Colorado and Utah, Colorado was an association of American University School. Utah was the Carnegie R1. Utah, just this last year, though, I believe, if, if not within the last two years, time gets a little fuzzy for me at the moment because of COVID, but they, they, were, they joined the American Association of Universities and were elevated to that. Those, that that's a collection of the top research universities in the U.S. The Big Ten has only expanded with... AAU schools in the last rounds of expansion. Now, so, so if you are looking at schools, throwing out schools that are not research oriented or not at least Carnegie R1, and a lot of the Big 12 is not the former Big 12. So you have Kansas and Iowa State are AAU schools. Oklahoma State, I believe, is Carnegie R2. You know, TC, I mean, some of these schools are pretty far down there in their academic and research rankings. And to be frank, too, 
I mean, how appealing are, I mean, yes, in theory, you could get into the Texas market with TCU and Baylor. Those are small private schools. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's, let's put that research. Cause I have, I have questions on that and we'll definitely kind of go maybe school by school, or at least take a look at some of the schools that could be the options. By the way, when we talk about the mall losing their anchor, Kansas is like the stale uh, Annie Ann's, you know, pretzel place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like the worst possible storefront in the mall. And so when we talk about, oh, we can add Kansas basketball. Well, we could add Kansas basketball, but football's where the money is. And so I think that's something to, to keep in mind as we take a look at this. But I think the some of the first ramifications here are, Likely the Big 12 is done. Um, maybe they can make some sort of power move. But the way that I'm looking at this, Rob, is if you lose your two anchor stores in Oklahoma and Texas and uh, and you're looking around and searching, they, they have to make a move or that conference is toast. And the big and the Pac-12, like you just said, is kind of looking at those schools kind of thinking, hmm, do we really want any of this? Um, because what, what you have is 14 schools that each, you know, have their own markets and they have, um, you know, the more schools you add to your conference, the more you have to split up the pie. So yeah, that's the, that's an important thing. And and we should repeat that. It is not whether you bring money to the table It's due for the existing members of that conference. Do you add more to the pie? Or in some cases, when people make suggestions of adding schools, like that school would actually reduce the amount of money that went out per school. Yeah, and that's a problem. So, and, and remember, yeah, no got, one's voting for that. Yeah, and you got to get buy-in for from most of the schools. And the SEC, I think it was they needed all everybody had to vote yes except three or something to bring in Oklahoma and Texas. But that deal again is going to be so expensive. Uh, yeah, and uh, for for ESPN that it's going to make up for bringing those two schools in. And, and here's here's the biggest problem, right? So the Big Twelve loses their top two teams, and they're scrambling right now. Like if I'm I, the one, I, I don't. There's a lot of people I don't want to be right now. So you know, this is first world problems. But like, what if if I'm in a white collar job? One of the things I don't want to do right now is be the commissioner of the Big Twelve because they are really going to have to piece something together in order to stay alive. But I think the secondary offshoot of this, Rob, is that you are really going to have a big gap between. Whatever whatever remaining conferences there are in those group of five schools. So if you're a group yeah. of five school, you are hosed because all of the power conferences are going to be scrambling around trying to solidify their deals and their stuff. And if you don't get in, you're out. Like because now what you have is almost a third tier, a three tier league. You have the SEC, who's going to be. Right. I don't think the SEC, by the way, is done with sixteen. <laughs> so I think that's something we should talk about. Um, then you have the second tier. It's going to be like the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12 scrambling around. And there's certainly a hierarchy there already. Like the Big Ten by far is the monster in the room. And then all the other schools are going to really try to tack on to some of these universities but or uh, conferences. But most of the conferences don't want them in. And and that's what we're talking about here with the Pac-12 is like, I don't think I don't think the Pac-12 wants San Diego State. You get no. a you get a I mean, like, well, to, I guess to what end? You add San Diego State. You already have the Southern California market, the best brands there. So that that was so when I was taking a look at some of these schools, Rob, um, and we take a look at things that are focused on does this expand the pie for everybody or does this cost people money to bring them in? So two schools came to mind for me um, that could be that that I want you to talk me out of because I don't quite 
I don't quite get why they wouldn't be options. And the first is so so San Diego State. Yeah, you have the Southern California market, but isn't the San Diego market big enough as it is? I mean, the tough thing is beyond the not. I mean, beyond like take aside the non-academic fit for San Diego State. The the Southern Cal like the the Mountain West pays out less than ten million dollars per year per school, right? I mean, the Pac-12, when they grabbed Utah, really elevated Utah up into a much bigger, like there is, you know, the Pac-12, you are going to, and in doing, like, you're going to give up money per school to get San Diego State in. Because it's not, I mean, I I do want to say, it's not as simple as like people are saying this time, it's all about brands and it's all about streaming and to an extent, but linear TV and cable subscriptions also still generate a lot of revenue. Yeah. So in theory, like, and I, like, cause I, I, like markets still, they're not what they were 10 years ago. Like you're not just adding Denver and Salt Lake, you know, and calling it a day, but San Diego state just doesn't have tremendous fan following. They don't have penetration in the San Diego market. You are overshadowed already in the San Diego market by USC and UCLA. Um, you know, you're you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck. I don't think if you're the Pac-12 that you even necessarily get closer to having, you know, let's say in San Diego, if the Pac-12 was not on the lowest level cable tier, like the one that if you signed up for like basic cable, you would also get the Pac-12 network and get charged for it. I don't even know if that were, if you're not on that already in San Diego, San Diego state does not get you there. Oh, that, yeah, that's absolutely the case. I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, like it, so they're not going to help you necessarily like penetrate the market more deeply and they don't have a large national fund. I mean, they don't bring anything in like terms of eyeballs to the game. I mean, that's why you could argue, like you could talk yourself, like if you were going to talk yourself into like going and trying to raid, you know, what's available, the teams that like, I mean, if the Pac-12, let's say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, had been trying to really think ahead, you know, if they could go back on a time machine and try to prepare themselves for today, then maybe you do add UNLV, you know, like maybe you do grab Houston, you know, to get the markets, try to build them up into respectable parts of your conference that are contributing to the overall dollars. But as it is now, like you're, you cannot, there are no long-term plays that the Pac-12 can make. You can't invest in a group of five schools. There's nobody that brings anything to the table. BYU doesn't bring enough money to the table. So yeah, those are the other three that I had thought because I, I think you know people were talking about Boise and Boise just doesn't bring the money. Like it's a small market. Out of, they're out it's, of their minds. Yeah, yeah, they're out of their. I've been to Boise. Like they're out of their minds. It's not like folks. It is not about the. It is in no ways like yeah. Boise had like Boise has some national cachet to it, but they still like it's actually still not about football on the field. Like like it still matters more how much you bring in dollar wise. Like Maryland and Rutgers did not get into the big 10 because they were good at football. (laughs) That's true. And one of the other thing you have to think of with Boise is it's such a small school and such a small market that if they fall off, you know, in terms of their football product, now you're stuck with a small school and a small market that sucks at football. 
and that is a massive drain. Um, in addition to not bringing in enough to to justify grow again, right? This is growing the pie for everybody. So yeah, you just be subsidizing Boise. So if you're saying so, you're saying that a school like UNLV, even though it's in a big Vegas market, isn't going to bring in enough to to justify. No. Okay. They just, they just don't have the engage like, and you know, you, you and I know some of this because we not only do a Pac-12 podcast, we also through Sharp College Football produce a lot of national content, right? Yeah. And like, there's, we joke around, and I'm sorry, there are probably a handful of you people on here, um, and I, you people are awesome Cal and Stanford fans, but we joke around about like the missing Cal and Stanford fans within the Pac-12. Right. Because there's just not, you know, like for what you would think, like there's just not a huge following for those schools, um, you know, despite their presence in the Pac-12. That's the that's the case for a lot of these like smaller schools, you know, like and, and I'll cover some of them in, in sharp college football if they'll have like a good year. Um, and you'll definitely get some excited, interested fans. But like you can't like, you know, comparing, you know, the kind of fan interest you might get of Boise when they're on this kind of historic run that they've been on where they haven't hired a bad coach in a long time. Like that's not going to that fan interest is going to evaporate when, you know, they do hire a bad coach. And it's just it's not workable. Like the, there are no if you're in the Pac-12, there are no workable options right in your footprint or next door. Yeah, and that's a problem because they're. I think the Pac-12 need needs to go on offense at some point because what's going to happen is the SEC. Again, I don't think that they're done with sixteen, right? If this is a blat like a blatant power move, why would they stop there? You know, there's some other schools that are on the East Coast that are quite good that they can scoop up, um, or at least start making offers to. And then you have the Big yeah. Ten that's going to need to start making offers on their own to, to catch up with that unless there's some sort of merger, which maybe could happen down the road. But the problem here is that the PAC 12 doesn't have the options in front of them right, right. now. So I kind of want to talk about what can they do to go on offense to deal with that. And let, let's take a look at maybe some options that they do have, but let's Rob do that right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we're back. All right, the Pac-12 is in a tough spot here. They are sliding. They're, they're kind of looking up right now. The mountain is getting real tall. You have SEC at the top. Their, their deal is going to be ginormous. Um, they're also going to probably – I think that their deal is going to be such a splash and the command that they're going to have is going to impact uh, like exposure for other schools on different channels. You have the Big Ten. They have their, um, they have their conference coming up, their network uh, TV contract. And and Rob, that leaves that leaves us with the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC that are kind of right. the three conferences right now that are on the outside looking in. If you're the yep. Pac-12, how how do we go on offense? How do we bring something in? What do we? Is there anything that we can do to be able to at least get some of that power dynamics back on the West Coast if it's possible? I mean, here's the tough thing. I don't think that anyone in the current Big 12, what's left, 
those eight teams, I don't think anyone adds additional money to the pie for the Pac-12. I just, I mean, you're, you are looking at schools that mostly made revenue off of playing Texas and Oklahoma. You know, like we went through with like Baylor and TCU, they're, they are appealing in some ways. They are in Texas markets. They're not, they're, they're small private schools. They are not going to bring any kind of sizable alumni base or fan engagement, you know, to, to help you out revenue wise. You know, maybe the biggest ones out there are Iowa State and I believe Oklahoma State in terms of their overall budgets. Um, and Kansas certainly has a sizable, you know, basketball budget <laughs> comparatively. But like football, I mean, 85 cents of every dollar that comes to the door in an athletic department comes from football. Um, so it's, it is not, you know, when you look through the options there, Nobody brings in, I mean, like that's the, the, the thing if you're the Pac-12 is like you can't respond to the SEC grabbing Texas and Oklahoma and make anyone feel better. And by anyone, I mean USC. You can't make anyone feel better by getting Oklahoma State and Iowa State. It's just, it's not, it's not workable. Like that's not going to get you there. Um, you've probably added no additional money. You've managed to piss off <laughs> <laughs> you probably managed to piss off errors the errors that like because that's the other thing if you're not bringing in any additional revenue then any kind of realignment you do within the conference could be troublesome right like if you started to if you had to realign the conference to where you know either the Arizona schools or the mountain schools did not get an LA trip every year, they're probably going to vote no if you're not giving them big additional money, right? You know, they're not going to sign up to to lose that LA trip, which is, you know, for the most part, like where the, you know, most the most everyone in the Pac-12's biggest fan, you know, alumni base is in the LA market. Um, it's big for recruiting, big for fundraising. Um, you know, generally, like, you know, for almost all of those teams, that game is going to be on national television. Um, you know, giving that up to bring in Oklahoma State isn't going to sell. So, so what's a girl to do, Rob? I mean, wait, well, here, here's, here's, a, I want to go back to Houston and, and UNLV here because you're right on UNLV. Yeah. The fan right. base isn't there. It's going to take forever to build that per. I know that they, um, that the Raiders Stadium and all that stuff, but the b- basketball isn't there. You do get the, U, the Las Vegas market, which is interesting, but that right. program could be a lag on everybody else. If you take them in a question I had was Houston because it's the, I think it's the biggest school in Houston. Um, that's a ginormous market and they have a lot of grads going through and they've clearly invested in their football and their basketball program. So it's the two sports that are, and and it's on the West coast, Westish coast. (laughs) It's on the West side of West side of Texas. It's on the West. It's West of the Mississippi. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, you get access to Texas and recruiting, and there's money there. Why would why would Houston not be an option? Houston just doesn't bring enough current money on the table. You would end up subsidizing them as they figured it out. Kind of, I mean, in a way, you could argue that the Pac-12 subsidized Utah as they figured it out. You know, like it's not Houston's just not going to bring enough in into the conference right off the bat. And that's sort of like, I mean, Houston would have made sense 10 years ago, 20 years ago to, to bring into the conference. This time around, 
you're probably the Pac-12 network with the Houston Cougars and there probably doesn't get a tremendous amount of penetration into the Houston market. And that really hurts, right? Like you need really engaged, you know, and, and we've been, we've been to that. It, I mean, it's a bit of a commuter school, you know, like it's, it's not, I mean, it is a big school and they're actually Carnegie R1, but it, it is tough. Like I, I would now, if you said gun to my head, you know, you got to take two, you know, like two schools that are going to say yes to the Pac-12, who are you going to take? I mean, I'm probably saying, all right, Iowa State and Houston. <laughs> you know, like that's all I'll, I will take in an AAU school. I will take in a Carnegie R1 school. Iowa State has a, a pretty significant, you know, fan base and alumni base. They have a decent size athletic budget. Um, you know, and I would take them over like Kansas. Kansas has the better basketball program, but, you know, like I said, 85 cents out of every dollar. Um, and and then I would take you, I would take Houston thinking that like, well, at least I get text. Like it's a, it is a better option than any of the other big 12 schools for what you could potentially get out of it, except money, right? Like Oklahoma state's going to bring you more money right off the bat, you know, like, so, you know, the problem is, is like, like some of those big 12 schools, what if you're talking about like one or $2 million a year, right? Additional, like that's, that's a pittance, you know, like <laughs> that's, that's not a lot of money per school per year to bring in somebody that's not your, you know, you have no ties to and no rivalries with, right? I mean, like you're not bringing in Texas Tech, you know, like oddly enough, Arizona was in a conference with Texas Tech a long time ago in the border conference, but that was like 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Yeah, that was one that didn't make any sense to me was Lubbock. It's, you know, they don't yeah. have a great history. Yeah, they have people going to the school, but it's Lubbock. Like Houston makes more sense to me because it's in Houston. There's money there. Yeah, yeah. And there's money in Lubbock too. But like, I mean, Houston is the, if you want to recruit, you, that's where you want to go. Um, yeah. And but you're so close in Houston. Like the, the tough thing is you are really close to A&M. You're also close to, to the University of Texas. It is, it, I mean... They own that market. So is there anybody, is there anything that the Pac-12 can do to go on offense? I honestly don't think so. And I think people should stop saying like, I mean, because you're going to look foolish, right? Like nobody, you don't, I mean, in business, you don't just do things to do things, you know, or you shouldn't. Um, and I don't think, like, here's the thing. Like if you think that the Pac-12 going on offense is going to make some sort of statement to the rest of college football, you're out of your mind because the schools that the Pac-12 could potentially pull in are not going to move the needle and they're not going to move the dollar needle. Um, and if you're looking, you know, as a way, as going on offense, as a way to shore up your own conference membership, you know, like, oh, like we're going to go on offense. We're not going to wait for somebody to come pick us off. Like, it's not going to help. Like USC isn't, doesn't want an additional $2 million a year. They just don't. Well, that's, that's the problem too, is there aren't as many good options. If you take a look at the big 12, I mean, Ohio state, Texas tech, TCU, you know, the Kansas schools, Iowa state. I mean, it's just, right. it's not, it's not great. No, so, I mean, it's every, everybody that left the big 12 that was pissed off and tired of dealing with Texas already did. It had a good landing spot, right? Yeah, but, like, here, but, 
but I think a and left Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri. I mean, they all got tired of dealing with Texas and left. <laughs> That's true, they did. Yeah. And they were able to, to work their way into a better conference. One of the things, though, that makes me nervous, Rob, is that you had talked about the ACC media deal being pretty crappy. Um, oh, yeah, it's and, terrible. And when you take a look at the ACC in this. So I I think the Big 12 is going to dissolve and who knows where those schools are going to go. Yeah, I disagree there. I think the Big 12 sticks together because together they are worth more than any of the current oh. group of five programs. Like together they can still pull in, maybe pull in, let's say between 25 and $30 million a year, you yeah. know, with that. Do you think they add... If they can- and like, do you think yeah. they add Houston or Central Florida or some of those schools that are on the? I mean, if you're in some of those schools, like the door is closed. I mean, the Big Twelve was your the Big Twelve eventually going to an actual twelve team, you know, league was your only hope of ever getting into the Power Five. Um, that door is now completely closed, right? Like you're like so you, this is your next best option because like the American, the AAC, they only give out seven million dollars a year per school in their TV distribution, you know, like in the big 12 with a decent roster of matchups, UCF, Houston, you know, some of those schools, they're just going to have better option. I mean, that, that's going to be a better option for them. Right. Well, I think that's, is that, that, that was the question that I had is you think they're just going to stay at eight, the big 12, they're not going to try to swoop anybody in that can add. No, no, I think they try. I think they try to, I think they try to grab some of the best schools within the the American. I think they go after Cincinnati. I think they maybe go after Houston. Um, maybe they go after UCF, but they're not going to sit still. They're going to they're going to try to expand. And then you flip over to the other side here, and if the ACC doesn't have the greatest deal, there. I mean that that's why I thought that the the SEC isn't done yet, and I don't think the Big Ten's done yet. I think that they're no. like that's the and that's what worries me about the Pac-12 because now. We've talked in the past about USC. Like USC can leave. They they can private school. They have the yeah. money. Um, if there's a better deal out there for them to join, they'll. I mean, th- this would be the time to do it. It's yeah. there was some whisperings, Rob, that uh, the Big Ten was looking at some of the northern schools like Washington and Oregon. Um, I think that's mostly been chirped out by Washington and Oregon fans. Um, as well as like, no, but I mean like, as well as like national writers, um, like trying to hypothesize of what the big, I mean, cause they, everyone does expect the big 10 to potentially make a move. Right. I mean, they're at 14 schools too, um, as the SEC was, um, they are, they are in a, they are in the, I mean, the, the, the SEC, everyone talks about like the SEC or the big 10, you know, like the, it all like it. You know, there's there's no where for them to go where they're going to make a lot more money, or at least the SEC after this, um, than they're making now without potentially like dropping some of the deadweight schools, you know, and like adding it, like, you know, like going to a true college football super conference. But as it is right now, they get to keep all their old traditional rivalries and make more money than everyone else. <laughs> like they're in a good spot, you know, and like, What's interesting, and you alluded to, like the ACC does have a ter- terrible deal, and it is signed through 2036. So, like we just talked about, within the next few years, the SEC has already gone to market and gotten a new deal. With the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, it's going to kick in some renegotiation for that deal. 
Um, the Big Ten is going to the you know going to the market in 2023. The Pac-12 is going in 2024. The ACC is locked in at a very low rate. They were already distributing less per school than the Pac-12 in 2019 in a normal fiscal year, and they're locked in on that with ESPN because they they contracted with ESPN to launch the ACC network, and so ESPN putting up most of the the money up front for that, they took less money. Um, on this deal. But the thing about the ACC deal is, is all the teams signed a grant of rights all the way through 2036. So those teams, basically, like, even if they leave the ACC, the ACC still owns the rights to their games, their home games, all the way through 2036. (laughs) So this is what conferences did to try to present, like, at least during the life of the contract, the conference should be stable, but it does leave. I mean, like the, the ACC is distributing only $32 million per year in the last, last regular year. The projection for the SEC, which we just talked about for, you know, like the, the first year the Texas and Oklahoma are likely to play, which I believe is 2025 is 81 and a quarter million per school. I mean, that is an, that is an enormous difference. That is more than double <laughs> what ACC schools are going to be getting. And they've got another decade of, oh my gosh. of that to, to put up with. Um, you know, their hope is over the longer run, of course, that the, um, you know, that the ACC network starts to pay out for them. But they're in a tough spot. And they do have now, the Big Ten came out today and Adam Rittenberg, ESPN's Big Ten guy, who's pretty well connected within the league, said the Big Ten would only look at AAU schools. Now, So that, wait, let me stop you there because you talked about that a little bit. And my yeah. thought was, all right, so traditionally the Pac-12 has had these rules and the Big Ten has had these rules, but the world, the world is changing, Rob. The the college football landscape right. is changing. Wouldn't, wouldn't both conferences just be willing to not do that? I mean, like, it, it strikes me as kind of strange that we're making academic standards when it comes to sports, like in, in terms of research stuff. Like it's it's one thing yeah. to, to be like, hey, we're a really exclusive school. We have these very high standards. It's difficult to get into that. But that's not the University of Arizona or ASU or Oregon oh, State. Oh, no, you're wrong. You're <laughs> absolutely wrong. Arizona is an AAU school. Well, I know, but in terms of like, I'm more thinking of ad- admissions, not not necessarily. Yeah, but admission, admissions are what uh, admissions are what like pimply undergrads look at, right? Like, well, that's like my point. Real- but that, that's my point, though. We're like, in, if we're talking about sport, like actual, how can we recruit? Schools like Cal and Stanford are hindered by the strict academic standards, right? Whereas Arizona and ASU are not. Whereas the yeah, but, I mean, as, as far as admissions go, right? But Cal, I mean, Cal can fudge it around a little bit more. Stanford's are real tough. Yeah, um, but the research but portion, I, the, like I, the I, research portion of it, they, these these conferences do look at themselves as not just collections of sports, but collections of like-minded institutions in terms of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And in some ways, you could really argue. I mean, Texas going to the SEC is a weird fit. Because Texas is a very good research university. And, you know, the rumors of Texas going to the Pac-12 years ago were partly because Texas wanted to, wanted to be associated with the kind of research universities in the Pac-12. But the Big Ten can 
still put this requirement out there. And I say this, they can, because if you look at the schools that they would potentially add, most of them are AAU members. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah, so like the Big Ten can still stick to their guns on this because the biggest fish in the water is still Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is an AAU member. So it's going to be, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense because I just was more thinking from the Pac-12 situation. Like it makes sense to me that Texas, even though they're, jo- even though they're joining a conference that doesn't have the strong research aspect of it, well, it doesn't yeah. matter because they're getting $81 million a year. You know, like that right. that's kind of so. I mean, Oklahoma is going to fit right in with Arkansas and Kentucky and some of the other SEC schools. Texas is Texas is going to want to be rubbing shoulders with Vanderbilt in the SEC. And and it makes sense on the flip side of I, I'm still struggling with the, the research aspect. I get it. But it's more, you know, if it's if it's, hey, are we going to take these two schools and lower our standards or do we want 20 more million dollars a year? At, right. and and not but, fall but there's not that much there so i guess that's what you're saying where it's like you can right. still have I mean, those standards only, but it, but it really doesn't matter because the schools you're looking at aren't you know they're yeah it doesn't matter there are only two schools out there that really move the needle for college football that are not aau schools that are left on the board that are not already in the sec and that's clemson and florida state right like Miami is an AAU school, you know, for what it's worth. I mean, I don't know. That, I mean, Miami certainly brings some money to the table, but it's also a pretty small private school in a market that's also fairly pro sports dominated, right? Like Miami, kind. Of, I feel like Miami has to be pretty good to like actually make a blip in their own market, but they have a national brand. That's true. You know, but like the, the only schools that are, I mean, and if you look at like who the, who else the Big Ten would potentially add if they were to get Notre Dame, it's probably North Carolina, a great research school and AAU school. You know, they're the, the, most of the rest of the ACC doesn't move the needle a lot. I mean, you you do have pretty big research schools like Pitt. Pitt's just not doesn't move the needle hardly that much anymore, and hasn't in a while. You know, like, I mean, the Big Ten would, in theory, have options. They're not going to add Pitt because, I mean, Pittsburgh's, I was just there. It's really close to both Ohio <laughs> and Penn, Ohio State and Penn State. It's, you know, like, they've got Pittsburgh covered already. You know, but I mean, like, the big kahuna out there is the Irish who continue to cling to uh, independence. Now, independence is tough. And it, when we talk about, you know, when, we, when people threaten that they could go independent, Part of the problem, of course, is putting together a schedule. But the other part, and this is the part that the Irish accept, and that is it helps to be in a conference if you're a big school, even if you have to subsidize other teams, because you make money on both home and away. The Irish don't make money when they play away. Their contract with NBC is only for home games. So... (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's the only rights you can sell. So if you're USC talking about maybe going independent, I mean, the tough part to swallow is in Notre Dame, the, the talk around Notre Dame is that they still accept and they, they accept that they will make less money as an independent. Than they would, you know, within a conference, right? And that conference likely would be the, like for Notre Dame, it's likely the big 10 you know, overall, like they're not going to join the eight, like Notre Dame might make more money than the fricking ACC is distributing to their schools. 
<laughs> just on their own. <laughs> like, you know, and it, the ACC is in a spot, right? Like they need, if they add someone, it would trigger a renegotiation with ESPN. Um, but they can't force Notre Dame to join. Notre Dame's got this like sort of associate membership in the ACC. They're in for every sport except football. And the ACC provides them with five games a year, right? So Notre Dame gets five games from the ACC to help fill out their schedule. And then they, you know, fill out the rest of it when they try to get marquee matchups. They have the traditional matchup with USC. They also play Stanford, um, you know, rotating home and home type stuff to get, to get good games so that they can, you know, like live up to their contract with NBC. Notre Dame is up for a renegotiation as well. I'm interested to see what happens there. Something to keep an eye on too. What the hell does CBS do now that they don't have the SEC? They only they only had one game on Saturday, and they own the Army Navy game. But do they stay in college? I mean, it would be bad <laughs> for the Pac-12. I mean, the Big Ten's really married at the hip to Fox. I mean, Fox owns half the Big Ten network. You know, and Fox is going to stay in with the Pac-12, but you know, like the C, you know, if you're the Pac-12 and maybe too, if you're, you know, the Big Ten, you're really hoping CBS comes a calling with some money to try to, you know, replace some content that they just lost. So that's that. All that's that. <laughs> like, I just, if the Big Ten, like the Big Ten's first option to go to 14, uh, you know, I'm sorry, to go to 16 instead of 14 is to try to get Notre Dame. And if they got Notre Dame, they probably also add North Carolina and figure out with some lawyers how to get North Carolina out of their grant of rights to the ACC. But if that doesn't come through, the Big Ten's probably still going to, I say probably, might still make a move. But the only move left on the table that moves the needle that's an AAU school is USC. Huh. And that's where you get everybody talking about, but this is, it gets complicated when you think about this, right? Because like, all right, let's say like 14 teams is a little awkward. You got seven teams in each division. The SEC's had this problem, right? Where like teams, if you're in the opposite division, you barely play each other. Like Texas A&M, like I think they've played Georgia once in the entire time they've been in the SEC. And I don't think Georgia's ever been to A&M. You know, like they're barely playing each other. If you go to 16, you can at least go to pods. 18 is not a tenable number, right? Like you have to go to 20. Well, what, so one of the things I was listening, so I'm following what you're saying, but one of the things that I've heard is if you're making that much money, they'll just figure it out. I mean, like, yeah, one Maybe. school's going to be the, have the crappy schedule. They'll get a bad buy or whatever, but here's your $20 million. So, <laughs> you know, go, go move along, please. That, that, that is, no, no, I mean, it's tough. I think when I say it, like, it's tough because, Part of what makes your conference work, what makes teams like playing in the conference is they get to play each other, right? Like, and you have some old rivalries that fans are going to hate having to give up. Schools are going to hate having to give up. And yeah, you're right. For the right amount of money, you'll put up with it no matter what. But 18 is a weird number. Like, you got to go to 20. 20 is much more workable, right? Like, then you go into pods of five. But, and this is tough, so right now the pa- the Big Ten, mm-hmm. I, I know where cur- you're going. Okay. Right. I mean, the Big, the Big Ten with their current. I mean, it's like even if you looked at the SEC, like the SEC could potentially add Clemson, Florida State. You know, 
none of those are gonna like none of those are gonna move the needle as much as Texas and Oklahoma, you know, like just did. But they might, you know, you you might at that point like lock things up and you know be the super conference, you know, whatever. But if you're the Big Ten, it's Notre Dame, USC, or you sign a, and I think this is a good idea for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten if, if the Big Ten doesn't do anything, is they sign that scheduling agreement they talked about years ago, which is they have, you know, a rotating, you know, cast of games scheduled against each other every year. They can absolutely sell that as quality content to the networks and make some money off. Yeah. But the move that makes the most sense, the move that makes the most money per school for the Big Ten is only grabbing USC and UCLA. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. No, I know. No I know. One, anyone else you bring in will bring in less than USC and UCLA. And if you want it, like if you're, and I live in Columbus, man, like, <laughs> it's, the Big Ten is a little more equal than the Big 12, but Ohio State's the big kahuna in the Big Ten. Like, it is it is bananas how much people are into the Buckeyes out here. Ohio State is looking at 81.25 yeah. million dollars in the SEC. Their current projections, the ones that they that leaked out that they provided to Maryland when Maryland joined the conference, was that on the next TV deal, they figured that their revenue distribution would be around 67 million per school. It's not an inconsiderable money. But now you're looking at a $14 million deficit per year. Oh, yeah. Versus, you know, the new SEC, what the new SEC deal is likely to bring in. A 16-team gap, right? Like that is $228 million in total that somebody has to add in to the Big Ten pot in order to make it work, right? Yeah. In order to try to make up that gap. Notre Dame could do that with UNC, USC and UCLA could probably get you real close, yeah. right? I mean, like adding in the LA market is is pretty big, you know. If you go out to sixteen, if you go out to twenty teams, because it'd be tough to bring in eighteen teams, that gap to, to, that you have to make up is now almost three hundred million dollars. It's two hundred eighty-five million dollars, right? That the additional money you have to bring into the Big Ten to get every school close to that SEC number. That's tough to get there because yes, Oregon and Washington are appealing. But after that, it gets tricky. The Big Ten said they would only look at AAU schools. The Pac-12's fifth strongest brand, ASU, not an AAU school. So, and there's talk that the, the Big Ten would want Colorado because Colorado's actually on the frickin' border of a Big Ten <laughs> state in Nebraska. But Colorado's not one of your strongest brands within the conference. And they're not, a, like, it's not like adding the Denver market is a huge win in a lot of ways like it was when the Pac-12 thought they were bringing, you know, when they were bringing in the Buffaloes. So you're already, like, if that was the case, is the Big Ten said, look, we want to make it look like we're at least connected on a map, so let's add in Colorado, right? Like, if you look across the rest of the schools that are AAU schools within the Pac-12, you have, I mean, it's basically like, and some people have said, like, the Big Ten's going to want Stanford or Cal for the academics, so they're going to want Stanford. No. You and I, you and I know this. 
there are no Stanford fans. Yeah. Like Stanford, Stanford brings you no money. Yeah. <laughs> no money comparatively you like, and that's, that's what matters in this. Like they want to try to keep pace. Now they're willing, like they will take an AAU school if it helps, but all of a sudden you're talking about, you have to make up the rest of that money. You have, you have the two LA schools, both AAU schools. You have Washington and Oregon, both AAU schools. Now you got to get out to 20 to make the scheduling work because nobody in the big 10 is going to want to be stuck with in a nine game division with a bunch of Pac-12 schools. So you got to go out to 20. So getting out to 20, you know, all of a sudden you got to pick because you're not taking the Bay Area schools. They they don't bring any money to the table. They hurt. They subtract a big chunk of money out. You got to figure out between Colorado, Utah, and Arizona how to get to to make up to get you to 285 million. And I don't think you can. So do they stay at 16? Or stay at fourteen? I mean, I think the Big Ten. I think they got to uh, I mean, pick somebody I like, off. I think they do. Like they they have to keep up with the Joneses. So why not just take two teams, right? Like so. Here's what here's what they could do, though. Right. I mean, so is and it, and some of it though depends on too. Like if USC says, "Look, I'm not budging unless you bring, you know, Oregon and Washington and some other Western schools." The Big Ten probably makes that work, and they—it does get them close. It doesn't get them up to SEC levels, but it gets them closer than this gap that they're going to find themselves in. Sure, but the like, if USC just says, "Hey, we want to make a bunch of money too," it could just be USC and UCLA. Like that, quite literally, is the easiest. That is the easiest move for all parties involved. And also makes all parties involved the most money. Oh man, that like I'm curious. I'm curious to see, but yeah, because no, and that makes sense. They they have to make a move at some point. I guess one question to that point though would be, I mean, Seattle is a really big market and it has a good fan base and they have the history. Yeah, yeah. Is I that know. I don't want to I don't want to act like they're not, but like you and I know this too, right? Like because we do national content, like the, there's a big difference between like it's not just that. Because everyone in the conference likes to pretend that it's somebody else's problem within the Pac-12 that the Pac-12 doesn't make Big Ten money or SEC money. It's a conference problem. Like USC doesn't pull like Ohio State does, right? Yeah. Like Washington doesn't pull like Penn State does. It's not close. Or Michigan. You know, Oregon doesn't pull like Oregon does not. Like Oregon is closer to Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, and. And I can tell you, like, there's like Wisconsin drives a lot of engagement online. They have a lot of very like, if you've never been to Chicago, just go to Chicago and look at all the Big Ten band, like the Big Ten flags hanging outside people's apartments and in the windows, and like, people care <laughs> in Big Ten country about Big Ten football. If you went to LA, you know, ostensibly the sort of like shadow headquarters of the Pac-12, where like all the biggest alumni bases are from the schools, you're not going to see that. No. no way. You know, like, so I, I don't want to act like Oregon and Washington when I say this. I am not saying you are not valuable, interesting properties. You absolutely are. I just, if USC doesn't stick up for you, you're not going anywhere. Oof. I mean, that's just like, I'm assuming Notre Dame stays put. I, I do think this move changes the calculus enough that the Irish have to at least think about joining the Big Ten because they could join the Big Ten and. 
well, and actually really move the needle. Well, here's and, a, here's, and a, here's a question. What if they, what if Notre Dame just joins the big 10, that gets them to 13, then USC joins and that gets them to 14. Well, that's, that's now that's an interesting move. And right? it's like, natural. What if, what if, what if the response, cause there's a response that really moves the freaking needle for the big 10. You add Notre Dame and USC who are rivals already. Yeah. And you get the Notre Dame fan base, you get USC, you get the LA market. Like that, that is a move that would actually rival what the SEC just did. And you, then the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12 still exists. At the, if that's the move, the Pac-12 absolutely still exists. You still have access to the LA market, you know, through UCLA, which is the, the crucial and important point for the Pac-12's, you know, continued existence together. Huh. Okay. Well, I'll have to keep an eye on that because it's that, that strikes me as the better move because, frankly, like... <laughs> I mean, you're getting you like if you're getting USC, you're getting everything you want, and then you just have to deal with having UCLA, which it has never right. in the his in its history shown that it's going to invest in its football program. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess they're trying a little bit with Chip Kelly right now, but even they got him on a discount. It just seems like that is not that is not the direction they have ever shown that they're going to go. Whereas if right. you get USC and Notre Dame, now you're getting now you're getting everything. Well, that might really be the one that if you wanted to really put pressure on the IRS, like extra pressure on the IRS, right? Because they're in a, they're, I mean, like the ACC has no real leverage over them. I mean, the ACC yeah. would, I mean, the ACC, people in the ACC would like kill people they're related to in order to get Notre Dame to join at this point. Not happening. Um, you know, Notre Dame's not going to chain themselves to that. You know, and and Clemson even as interesting as they are now, like they're kind of new blood. I mean, they haven't built up the kind of national following yet, you know, like that you see from a lot of big traditional powers. No, and you don't see any of that. And I mean, it's not as important, but when you go down from there, I mean, Clemson basketball, Clemson baseball, Clemson soccer, like they're just, you can, you can tell that that's a program that's just starting to kind of get its sea legs. And you know, and it's in what Greenville oh, it's in Clemson, you know, like, so it's not yeah. like this ginormous. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I mean, it's, I'm curious to see, I mean, man, being signed into 2036, like I'm sure Clemson would break out of that if they really had to, but yeah. you're, you're absolutely right where there's no leverage at all from the ACC outside, no. outside of an easy schedule. That's like the one that, that was the perfect match for, for Notre Dame. But when you start talking about a 12 team playoff, and right. four of those teams are from the Big Ten, and four of those teams are from the SEC. Now you're cooking. Now, now that makes way yeah. more sense for Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten. So that's, I mean, if if you're the Big Ten, that's your first call, right? I mean, is maybe even not to Notre Dame. It's you call USC, see if you can get them on board. And say, hey, let's let's go talk to Notre Dame because eighty. I mean, let's say Notre Dame really ups what they're making and gets into the. 40, 50 million a year range, you're still $30 million <laughs> behind the SEC schools that are kicking your butt yeah. <laughs> on the football field already. You know, like you're, I mean, and you could talk like Notre Dame values their independence. You know, like I just, like Notre Dame would cash in and they would, they would bring significant, you know, some significant cachet to the table in particular, if you package them with USC. And actually, like I, I regret not having thought of that before. That's the move if you're the Big Ten that you're trying to wrangle. So one one other question, then we'll sign off here for now at least. What about 
And you, you had mentioned this where if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 form some sort of alliance where they're doing, you know, they're scheduling each other and then there's some sort of TV rights or deal or whatever, it's kind of guaranteed good product. How, A, how likely is that? And B, you know, what, I, well, I guess that's it. That's the question is how likely is that? Because that makes sense also. Um, where yeah. it lets everybody kind of t- back a w- back off and say, Hey, we're, you know, we're still, you know, we're still trying to figure this out, but in the meantime, let's do this so we can drive up more revenue for both, both of the conferences. Well, and if you're the PAC 12, your defense coming into this is you probably privately tell USC that you'll cut them a larger piece of the pie yeah. than they've been getting. Now, the tough thing is, is you're going to see a lot of other schools in the PAC 12 that want the same deal. Nobody, nobody but USC is a department store in the Pac-12. Like, despite what, there's a lot of big talk from people, but like USC is the only real. Like, if Oregon or Washington went independent, like they would be pulling in significantly less money than Notre Dame pulls in right now. Yep. Like they're just they're not anything like that level. Um, USC is going to make less money, you know, perhaps than on the they will on the Pac-12's new deal if they were to go independent. Too. I mean, we'll see. USC could probably cash in and make some more cash maybe on their own. But it is, I do like the Pac-12 can privately tell USC, stick around, you know, we'll we'll cut you a larger chunk of the pie. This the same attempt that the Big 12 teams just tried to offer Texas and Oklahoma. That could work, right? Like USC gets to keep its traditional games, they they get to make more money. But the you're like the something that could work for both conferences is, you know, you add in those games, that's additional good quality content every year that you can market, right? Um, and that's the name of the game here. It's it's finding good games. It's finding more good games that you can stage regularly and, and charge a premium for. So if you are able to say, you know, as the Pac-12 and Big Ten, we will, we will put on every year, and in particular with the playoff expanding, we will have USC play Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan Every year, we will have Washington play, you know, one of the other ones that USC isn't playing, and Oregon play the other one. That's a pretty good. That's a. I mean, it's not. It's not necessarily going to get you all the way, but it'll help make up some of that gap. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, for things are going to change. We'll see what they look like. But the poor Big Twelve. Like. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I have friends. Like oddly enough, like. Beta rank and sharp college football, big in the Big 12. <laughs> and those poor people. And my fear, you know, for college football in general, and I don't know if you've ever been in the Northeast, but it's a dead zone for college football. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And my fear is like, does major college football start to die out, you know, in that part of the Midwest? That would be such a bummer. But the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope for – I mean, is that Texas high school football is such a big thing. Yeah. So yeah. I think there it's fine. I think Iowa State will figure out Iowa State's been pretty savvy in how it's been able to just stay fairly relevant. E- even before they, they did the Matt Campbell hire, that that program was still yeah. interesting. Um so that that one I'm not as worried. But like, yeah, Kansas, you know, Oklahoma State, they had the money from um 
what's his name? T Boone. Yeah. T Boone Pickens. Is he still? Is still he's still alive. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem I mean, <laughs> yeah, for him yeah. and for that's Oklahoma all, State. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're, it looks like if you're Oregon, right? Like, what is Phil Knight's, you know, endowment plan for like regular income? That's true. To Oregon. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of go. I'm sure he's got one. I'm sure they'll be fine. But yeah. But outside of that, I mean, he really did build a big floor for Oklahoma State. But oh, yeah. they, they're still in trouble. They're still going to be in trouble. I mean, they kind of they they are they're almost like the equivalent of West Virginia with with the money, right? Like yeah. West Virginia is interesting, and and their athletic director has made good decisions and stuff. But right, you know, how far can you go if you're West Virginia if you don't have that money and you're not you don't have the contract and all that stuff? But no, well, I mean, West Virginia is another pro. I mean, those are all decent programs, right? They're just you know they're just it's it's a bummer that they're homeless. And it's funny because, like, you know, I mean, not that not that West Virginia is probably in a worse spot than Louisville is going to find themselves financially, but they and Louisville really competed to get into the Big 12, and West Virginia won that one. Yeah. And Louisville went to the ACC. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yep. The last thing, last thing I'll mention is I saw some people mentioning Baylor as somebody that the Pac-12 would look like never for many reasons. I mean, if you right. take a look at the decisions with questionable moral, uh, right. you know, I think they've just done so many. I mean, so when you're taking a look at schools, you have to look at fit and you obviously have to look at dollar dollars and cents. But when that Baylor thing came out, that was like the first thing I'm like, this person hasn't thought this through <laughs> because there is no way on earth that the, the PAC 12 is going to take Baylor. Um, and, and you know, watch they'll end up actually doing it, but I don't think so. It's way, it's the Waco market, all that stuff. So, um, we'll just have to follow this. There's going to be other dominoes that drop and, um, and we'll be here to cover them. Um, I just am hoping, Rob, that we don't become a 20-team conference because I don't, uh, nobody got time for that <laughs> in terms of covering. No, no. I mean, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, this is no fun for anyone. You are literally sitting on the edge of your seat. And, and truly, unless you are Notre Dame or USC, you, your fate is not in your own hands, right? Like you are you are a bystander. For You know, that's, that's true of a lot of our – you know, fans that are listening to us, right? Like, and I mean, we ourselves, <laughs> you know, are bystanders, you know, in conference realignment. And it's, it sucks to sit there and, and be left with the idea that you will be, you know, like if USC left the Pac-12, you'd be in a second tier conference, right? Like, I mean, if USC left the Pac-12, you'd be, I mean, the Pac-12 would be in better shape than like what's left of the Big 12, but like you would be viewed very much as being part of a second tier conference. And that's, that's tough to give up, you know, playing, you know, and following and feeling like you're participating in, you know, real major college football. Yeah. Well, good news. Most of these changes aren't going to happen this year. So that's good. That's good. We'll have to uh, follow, uh, man, some of those games against Texas. You, sh- you should add a, uh, a, a middle finger Texas variant to your beta rank uh, when any big 12 team plays Texas this year. Because, man, that's going to be awkward. Well, I am excited to see because, like, uh, you know, Texas really ran things. and I mean, including to the point of being able to get horns down turned into a 15-yard penalty, right, in the big 12. You know, Texas is used to getting their own way and acting like a big fish that doesn't have to listen to everyone else. And, 
Man, that is that is. They're still going to be the biggest fish in the pond, revenue-wise, in the bay. You know, in the SEC. But there's a lot of people not far off in the SEC in Alabama and Florida and some of those other schools and, and LSU and Texas is not going to be able to to push them around. In so, a lot of ways. I'm interested to see how it works. So Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri coach in the SEC media days. Um, in the middle of the media day, he stops and he asks the SEC commissioner, yeah, hey, boss, is that going to be allowed? And the SEC horns down. And then the other story of Drinkwitz was when he was in competition with players that were, you know, getting courted by Texas and Oklahoma. Right when the news dropped, he texted them and said, see, uh, what do you say? He said, um, so he texted the recruits and said, oh, yes, see, Texas and Oklahoma want to play in a real conference, too. Which I, yeah. I just love the shade. It's so good. It's great. Oh, and and the fact that uh, the Big Twelve, uh, or no, the um, the Texas A and M commissioner went to SEC media today that day when that's not normal for for an AD to go. Yeah. It just happened yeah, to be was, ready for media interviews. That was great. I love it. Yeah, that was not obvious at all. Like that. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up there, Rob. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in next week. Uh, so we're going to release this first. We actually recorded a podcast that goes through all of the trap games of 2021. And so we'll release that next week. We'll drop this one now. So stay tuned for that trap game podcast. And then we're going into season win total. So we're already doing our math on that stuff and trying to figure out um, where we can find some value here. I've noticed that some other podcasts are doing the same so we're but we're just going to focus on the big uh, i'm sorry on the big 12 man oh man i didn't i didn't say it we're just going to focus on the pac 12 <laughs> and uh, and those teams and really go into depth on on where we think those season win totals are going to be so stay tuned and we will catch everybody next week